St. Paul in the letter to, in that first letter to, to the Thessalonian community, he, he speaks in a sort of unusual way. He says, we have been reassured about you, brothers and sisters, in every distress and affliction through your faith. We have been strengthened by your faith. We have been, we have found this life game gift that God gives us through your faith. And not only does he say that, but we now live if you stand firm in the Lord. There's an expression which sort of is unusual. He says, we are receiving this life-giving gift through your faith. It would seem to us that it is the Lord who gives the life-giving grace because the Lord does. And in fact, he does. The Lord has given us everything through his life. He's given us everything through his death and resurrection. He's giving us the extraordinary gifts, graces that we, that we have. But there's a mystery here which St. Paul speaks is that we, when we embrace Christ, we embrace and live our faith, embrace the Lord and live our faith, that we also possess these gifts that God has given to us and we can share them with others. There's a mystery of that, that we're the ones who become a source of grace for others. And so what we have here is a sort of unusual thing because he says in our trials and our afflictions, we are reassured or strengthened by your faith. So now let me say this. I remember St. John Paul II when he met quite frequently with the, with the sick. And I have heard him speak and he would say something so unusual sometimes at that time I heard. And he says, you know, he, was, he was speaking to the sick and he says, I rely on you for my apostolic ministry. I rely on you and I receive the grace, the power to minister as, as, as the successor of Peter by your, by, your, by your sufferings, by your prayers. I need your sufferings, sufferings united with Christ, sufferings united with Christ, especially difficult, painful crosses that we have to wear, uh, to bear when we united with Christ and offer for others, it is very powerful. St. John Paul II realized how much he receives from people who suffer and offer their sufferings on his behalf and on his ministry. He made, made, made a statement once, he says, I see how much power I received through this gift that you offered to us. And so that's why he would say frequently, don't waste your suffering. Every form of cross, every form of affliction, united with Christ, offered on behalf of others, is extremely powerful and efficacious. It's the greatest prayer we can offer. But sometimes we can offer prayer, we're happy to pray. But pain and suffering sometimes is not that simple. It's very difficult. It's hard for us to even pray. Sometimes it's just difficult. So, so therefore, this type of an act of offering our sufferings, uniting it with Christ and offering for others, is very efficacious and very powerful. And so this is why St. Paul was so grateful to God for, for that which, which the uh, Thessalonians offered to him. He was happy and he was even joyful for the fact is that during my afflictions, I'm happy that you're faithful, that you live your faith. 
And you know, it's not that unusual. You know, parents are very happy when their children are doing something well, when they're succeeding in things. Parents are happy, very happy for their children. They live their faith or in, they're very, very pained and miserable when the children do not follow a path of Christian life or, or they don't care if they don't care for one another. You know, the parents are happy when their children care for each other's siblings, you know, for, for, for their brothers, sisters. So, so things which are good, things which are special. And as St. Paul speaks of himself as almost like a parent you know, who looks at the Thessalonians, yes, he brought their faith to them and he sees them alive in their faith and he's filled with happiness. And so he, what he says to them is this, what thanksgiving then can I render to God for you? For all the joy that I feel on your account before the Lord, for all the joy, what can I do? And he says, the only thing I can do is night and day, I pray, I pray for you. I pray that he may remedy all your deficiencies, whatever you need. And now he says, now my prayer is that God himself, our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, that he may direct our way to you, that we may be able to visit you. I, and he says, and, and, and Timothy and, and others who are there. But then he says, may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all just as we, we have for you. So his prayer is that they may continue to grow, that they may even increase that love that they have, to increase the faith that they have, so as to strengthen your hearts, to be blameless in holiness before our Lord and our God and our Father at the coming of our Lord with all his holy ones. So this is what his desire and wish is. And it's something, again, something that we experience when we see someone was filled with faith, was filled with love, was filled with, with, with the good, good desires, wishes, works, things, accomplishments. And so this is what St. Paul says. But the fact is that it's not only the wish and desire, I mean, the joy that God gives us, but also the strength, the vigor. We are, we are encouraged by one another by offering of, of that which we can do so on each other's behalf. Now, the gospel speaks of being awake. You know, the first letter speaks of the, of the coming of the Lord. It says, you know, that, you know, that the Lord, St. Paul says, I want you to, to be filled with, with holiness, that you be blameless and, and filled with all the blessings of God at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So saying, uh, here the gospel of St. Matthew, we see the Lord says, stay awake because you do not know the day on which the Lord will come. But be assured of this, if the master of the house had known the hour of night when the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and not let his house be broken into. It is interesting that the Lord compares himself to a thief, you know, it's interesting. The thief that comes, we do not know when, because they're planning on the fact is that that he doesn't want people to know because otherwise they'll, be, they'll defend their place. And the Lord says, you know, he compares himself to the time for his coming is unknown. And so that's the comparison be between a thief that we do not know. And, and it is something that the Lord wanted us to really know that we should not 
uh, anticipate, you know, let's say well, 100 years from now or whatever the time is, that we should always anticipate his coming, to be always ready, to be attentive. And why? Is this a mystery of God for us? Because he wants us to always be attentive. He wants us always to live our faith. He, always, he wants us always to, to care for one another, just as he has cared for us. And this is why, you know, the second aspect, as we know, is, is the, the, the whole um, comparison to be a servant or to be a slave. Who then is the faithful and prudent servant whom the master has put in charge of his household to distribute to them their food at the proper time? Okay, so the, 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 the faithful servant is the one who cares for others' needs because that's what it is, to distribute to, to, to them their food at proper time, to care for the other's needs, which means the Lord is asking us, if we wish to be attentive to God and to stay awake, then we have to be servants to one another, taking care of one another, take care of one another's needs. That's ultimately the gospel message, is who's that faithful and prudent servant. And we have to say is that the Lord himself, Jesus himself, emptied himself of divinity, as St. Paul says in the letter to the Philippians, to be our servant, to, ser to, ser to serve us, to serve, to be a servant to us. And, and, and you know, and this is the, the mystery of God. The Lord wants us to be like himself. When he came to this earth, what did he do? What did he do? He, saw, he noticed people were sick. He wanted to help them out, to heal them. He noticed they were broken by sin and he wished to redeem them. He carried the cross for us. He carried and died for us so that we would not have to suffer the consequences, the eternal consequences of our sin. What did he do to, uh, for us? He gave us hope. He showed us that their life goes beyond the grave, that this, he showed us in his risen, in his risen form, what we are to anticipate in the future. So he is that faithful servant. He's the model of that faithful servant because that's what he was. He, he embraced humanity. Why? Because he wanted to transform our humanity into divinity, to be adopted sons and daughters of God, to be like him. And so, so here the invitation is that, that we would be like him. There's nothing else here. He doesn't want us to be so extraordinary in a sense of some ideal, you know, philosophical ideal. No, he wants us to be like him, to be like Jesus himself, to be men and women of love, to be a person who loves, who cares so much, willing to carry the cross for someone else. That's what ultimately all holiness is. You know, that's the dimension of love of God and love of neighbor, to share, to participate in the power of Christ, share, and participate in his holiness, in his love, in his, in, in the gifts of hope and the gifts of, of faith that he wishes to bestow upon us. But the second aspect of that gospel is that that's what he wants us to be. But he says, but if someone does not wish to be and they're just focused on themselves, they want to eat and drink and be drunk, whatever it is, just focus on themselves. The Lord says if people who are that way, they'll lose their humanity. They will not participate in the inner gift that God gives because they themselves, by focusing on themselves, 
not only hurt themselves so badly because they're destroying their humanity, but also will not participate in the life of glory. And that, that is the gospel. And today I do wanna just briefly speak about the, the feast of Our Lady. As you know, we honor Our Lady of Lourdes on February 11th. We, we honor Our Lady of Guadalupe, which is December 12th. We honor the great uh, places of apparitions of sites of, of honor, which is bestowed on Our Lady with Aparecida in, in, in Brazil or Luján in Argentina, or, or we have places in Quebec or, or other places around the world. Uh, uh, in, not, not only in, uh, in Africa and, and, and also in, in Asia, but in a particular way, uh, I, who am of Polish background, I remember three things from when I was young. And uh, with the uh, Our Lady of what is known as the Bright Mount or the Częstochowa. I remember as a child when my mother would get dressed and would take off the, the evening, take a night train to, um, you know, all the way to Częstochowa. It took about four or five hours by train to get there. And she wouldn't say it too much. She says, I'm going to, to this for the feast of Our Lady Częstochowa. That's all she would say get dressed up. She would not take us as children because it was a kind of going through the night and coming back the, the other night, you know, spending the full day. So she probably would not sleep much on the train. And so I don't think she wanted us to, as children, to experience it. But the fact is that when she would go there in a sort of quiet way, she would go. And, you know, uh, our dad had to cook. And whenever she would leave, my dad always had the same menu. So, so, so there was nothing unusual there because we kind of, we did not exactly like the food that he prepared, but he did prepare. And, and then she would come back, you know, the following day, you know, at night, late at night or, you know, very late. And, and, and then, so you know that she came back and she would just briefly say, I'm very happy I went to confession. I did this and that. And, and that's how we would know, not too much more. But we did have the image of our lady in Shastava in our house. And so, so, so we knew that we would, we would pray before that image, asking for intercession. And then when I was older, especially as a student, I did visit the, the shrine, but in a particular way, what was most powerful and meaningful was that when John Paul II was there in 1979, um, when we returned to, to Poland for that very important, you know, nine days, one of the, one of the days which I spent a full day with, with John Paul at our, the shrine of Our Lady of Częstochowa was a meeting with the young people there. And it was a powerful experience to be there among the hundreds of thousands who were there. But above all, it was a reminder of the great role that Our Lady plays for all of us, whether we are fully aware or not. She's the mother of the Son of God. Jesus entrusted us to her, to her care. And throughout the centuries, we know that she is always there, whether it's by way of apparitions or like in the case of Our Lady of Częstochowa, as a it's a miraculous icon. It's an icon of Our Lady. She did not appear there, but the miraculous icon. 
and many, many generations of people receive special graces, miracles through her intercession. She is exercising that power that Jesus gave her to be the mother of all of us. And so we are invited to come to her to seek her intercession, even if it seems to us as when I was younger that, you know, that Mary seemed to kind of been fit in my mode of spiritual life because I was always turning to the Lord Jesus and he says, where is she? Am I kind of being distracted by her? But then I realized that it's not the case, that she is, is one who receives everything from the Lord and she wants us always to be drawn to, to the Lord. She doesn't want us to be away from her son. That's how her life is. Listen to him. Whatever he tells you, do. <clears throat> And so, so today, uh, uh, we're kind of far away, but there's like hundreds of thousands of people gather at the Shrine of Our Lady, and many, many groups walk on earth, I mean, walk uh, by foot to her place, walking from the various cities and towns, and, and they walk on foot, and then they arrive on the Lady, on the Feast of Our Lady, Usually they arrive early in the morning by foot and, and, and sometimes even the day before as they gather and offer their thanksgiving for her intercession. And they, they are re renewed and refreshed by, the, by that special retreat pilgrimage on foot to the shrine. It, it still continues in Europe in many places, sometimes even here in the States very infrequently. But, but it is a special type of, of a renewal retreat by way of, of a pilgrimage. Maybe then today, as we hear first, the power of the faith that God gives to us, the power and this, this, this power of and even joy that God gives us by his gifts of special relationship with the Son of God. You now we are recipients of grace. The second aspect is that we are to be attentive, always be attentive and stay awake, that, that we don't fall asleep during our journey to the Lord, because we know that His coming is certain. We do not know when the second coming is certain. As a matter of fact, the whole devotion to Divine Mercy, part of, of, of this devotion is not only turn to the Lord, you know, seeking His love and mercy, you know, trusting him, placing our confidence in him. But the Lord says to, to St. Faustina to us that, 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 that her mission is to prepare the world for the second coming. Mission is to prepare the world for the second coming. How? Through renewal of faith. How? Through renewal in our prayer life. And especially asking through the prayer of chaplet or the rosary, uh, you know, praying, praying that we may be attentive that we may be uh, truly prepared for that moment. And not only that, but also reminding us ourselves that He is coming. It's a reality of God. Jesus promised to be with us just as He has given us Himself in the Eucharist, which is real, which is very present, but He will also come as a, as a judge, as someone who will bring forth this whole world into the Father. You know, so that's that's part of what we are invited to to know, to be attentive to, to participate. And we do so by our fidelity, just like St. Paul was so happy about the Thessalonians who were living their faith. 
all of us are invited to find joy and delight when we or our families or our loved ones are praying or staying close to God, you know, living our faith, because that is truly the gift, because then we can be, um, be certain and we can be assured that, that we are on the path to God, that we don't have to be afraid of the future, that we don't have to be afraid of the moment of death that can come any time, because we know that we have responded to God fully and wish to be like him, to be like Jesus to be uh, truly a servant for another men and women who love each other so much they care for another not only for material but also for spiritual for in a spiritual way obtaining for each other the grace of salvation are you a marian helper join our spiritual benefit society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Dot org. Thank you, and God bless you.